Welcome to New Game Netcast, the official podcast of NewGameNetwork.com. This is episode 17 for Saturday, November 24th, 2012. Today on the show, Assassin's Creed Ezio Trilogy released, Xbox Live 10-year anniversary, new Mass Effect game, Nuketown 2025 removed from Black Ops 2. Article recap includes Assassin's Creed 3, Wonderbook, and Black Ops 2. News around the industry, we've got StarCraft 2 Heart of the Swarm release date, Wii U launch in North America, Arma developers in jail, Black Ops 2 selling 500 million. In our extra section, we've got Mirror's Edge 2 rumors, Grand Theft Auto 5 new trailer, Kickstarter and prominent developers using it, and more Xbox 720 rumors. And stay tuned to our question of the episode. Hello everybody, welcome to the New Game Netcast. It's episode 17, Saturday, November 24th. My name is Alex, I'm joined by Peter. Hello. Who's coming to us from across the ocean today. And yeah, the old pod. Yeah, hello. Who's coming to us on this, the, the proper lands of Canada. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Canada. Sunny Vancouver. Excellent. Peter's pretending to be the much-traveled international man of mystery. I am. I, I usually travel in, like, you know, a James Bond suit and a briefcase. <laughs> Nothing more and just order martinis. Excellent. He doesn't always attend podcasts, but when he does, it's the New <laughs> <Game> Network podcast. <laughs> exactly. I, Mark, I'm like, you know, I was, I was taken down an international drug ring for the past, you know, month. So, ah. slack needs to be cut. Tell us about England. England? Well, it's been uh, pretty chilly. You know, got back, went into Manchester. First thing I saw was a couple of people running off with a crate of cider. And I think he had uh, something like... It must have been a PS3. I think they just robbed it out of uh, the back of some shop. So that was one of the first things I saw. And then... Uh, what was it? Oh yeah, some homeless man threatened to beat me senseless. Uh, an other equally shoddy-looking man offered me some smack. And uh, yeah, there's some people getting rowdy by a bar. But I went to the Christmas market, which was delightful. Wanted to get some mulled wine. Unfortunately, all that was out, so I settled for some poor lager in a glass, which cost me a fiver. And, uh, you know, a not great sausage roll with some mustard that came straight from hell. <laughs> a not great sausage roll? I like the description. Yeah, it, it just wasn't. It was not what I was expecting. It, you know, the length was there. It was a good, you know, forearms length. Girth was okay. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I just uh, spent my time. It was an awful plane ride, my goodness. I've never had, you know, less leg room. And I was trying to get comfortable, and the person in front of me, you know, has got the old uh, recliner, so my chin is resting on their temple. And then, uh, I'm, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> if that's not a glowing recommendation for Manchester, I don't know what is. Uh, it's it's so grey. It's grey, you know. <laughs> that's about it, really. But yeah, good. It's, and, uh, but nobody celebrated Thanksgiving here, because we were, we were all in Canada, weren't we? Yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago here. I know, I was there. We uh, roasted a toiki. That's what you do. But yeah. if there's one th- good thing, you can uh, take advantage of some deals this weekend. 
Oh, Black Friday. Yeah. Except in Canada, we don't have a Black Friday, so they just made it a Black Friday weekend. We still get the sales, though, for some reason. Sorry? We still get the sales for whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. That's Well, because apparently too many people went down to the States, and Canadian markets want to be competitive, so they dropped some prices here and there, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I know people are going. I think. Like animals trying to sniff out deals. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Recapping some top news on the site for the past couple of weeks. Uh, the Assassin's Creed Ezio trilogy is now available. Uh, Xbox Live celebrates its 10-year anniversary. The next Mass Effect game is already in development, and there is drama with Nuketown 2025 being removed from Black Ops 2. So Assassin's Creed, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, you can purchase the trilogy, which includes the uh, Assassin's Creed 2, and then Brotherhood and Revelations. What will that set you back? That will set you back forty dollars. No, that's, that's not a bad deal. With with or without tax, Alex. Without tax. Okay. Because that, <laughs> that's how that's how they get you. <laughs> yeah, and I I believe there's actually uh, a compilation of um, Assassin's Creed one, two, and three, but that's only hitting Europe. For, oh right. For an extended amount of like seventy dollars or something, because it includes the latest Assassin's Creed three. But, but, but without Revelations and Brotherhood. That's right, yes. Are they are they filler, or do I actually need to play them? Well, it depends. I mean, the the main story of Assassin's Creed is it's such a mess. I'm sure you could get by <laughs> without playing them. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't followed it very well. I kind of lost track after two, and I kind of... <laughs> well, that's it where went it went really crazy. And... Mind screw territory. It's, you know, it, it just aliens. That That's the answer to everything. <laughs> Isn't well, it? Aliens. It's not aliens, it's like like supreme beings or some gods and whatnot. I just don't see how they were necessary. I try and just ignore that aspect of the story and pretend it's a nice uh, historical yeah. series. <laughs> yeah, and that's what if I mean, that's where Assassin's Creed Ezio Trilogy can be recommended if you want to play through the story of Ezio, which wraps up quite nicely. Uh, although you should play the original game to get the Altair's background as well. Yeah, you know, and if you like, you know, traveling up a tower in every city, and basically yeah. doing the same thing for seven hours. But you know, it was still good. I still like jumping in hail bays and bail right. the head. That's right. But um, just on the story front, I think the alien thing. I think because so much was set up in the first game, in the mystery wise. Then, uh, when when they have supreme beings, is it like they're saying it's a god, or are they saying it's aliens? It's both. God alien. Good alien? Yeah. Good alien. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think, because I'm thinking, like, in mystery now, it kind of either goes to technology or kind of alien did it. Did, if, it kind if, of, if you try to decipher the story of Assassin's Creed, it's going to take, like, an hour. Yeah, and I'll probably be, you know, in a straitjacket by the end of it, banging my head against the wall. Yeah. Yep. That'll probably give it a mess. But I, I've been meaning to play the third one. I, I think I kind of owe it to the series. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Well, well, haven't we got review here? And who reviewed it? 
Yes, we'll talk about it upcoming next. Tasty. <laughs> and Xbox Live, I noticed they were handing out free things for the anniversary. Yeah. Um, apparently some people who have really early Xbox Live accounts and have been dedicated... Oh, man, that, that was me. Launch day. Launch day, but have you paid for it since then? Continuously. No. <laughs> it, 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 I'm sitting on a bed, and it's if under you, that bed. Yeah, so if you were a Xbox Live member for a while and you always oh. paid your dues, you have potentially got a free Xbox 360 in the past couple of weeks. And if you haven't, you get an avatar item. <laughs> I really should have kept up X Megaflare X from uh, when I had it, when I first got it, playing Rainbow Six on my Xbox. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Microsoft's rewarding some long, long-term customers, I suppose. To be fair, though, it hasn't red-ringed. Um, it's been pretty good to me. It well, was the PlayStation that broke down. Even <laughs> if, uh, from what I understand, some people have went through, like, seven Xboxes, but they still got a... You know, because as long as they kept paying for Xbox Live, they uh, they got a free one. So. Okay. Next Mass Effect game is already underway. This time it's being made in Montreal instead of Edmonton, Bioware. And. Uh, but the same game producer, I believe, is on the case, so we can expect uh, more dramatic endings. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I Woo! I heard there was some. They were, they were asking people if they'd rather have a sequel or a prequel. Neither. <laughs> Leave it, all right? I feel like a prequel would work better if they have to make another Mass Effect game. So we get we get to see Shepard like go through like training camp or whatever. Well, I, in the first game, you have to choose a history for your character, and I feel that that could mess things up if, if you play Shepard again, because then you'd have yeah. to like create separate games for the different scenarios. I don't they're know. Gonna, they're going to have three protagonists like Grand Theft Auto. Oh. I think. <laughs> That's okay. true speculation, isn't it? Yeah. Can I play like a Mass Effect uh, game like where I'm just like some regular crew member who has to like, you know, make sure we've got enough like MRE rations and, you know, the war is okay. Most and boring case, game ever. That's some yeah. fun mini games like make sure the crew gets enough food on time and stuff like, like that. It'll be like Harvest Moon in space. <laughs> Is what I want to go for. But um, Mass Shift, I remember. Is it still called Mass Shift, or is it just untitled now? What? I remember it being called Mass Shift. You're crazy. That never happened. <laughs> is, is that the Mass Effect that I've got going on in my head? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. All, well, we know, yeah. all we know here is it's going to be on... Uh, cr- what, no, not, not CryEngine. Oh, my goodness. Frostbite. Frostbite, I'm sorry. CryEngine is crisis. So it'll look pretty. Yeah, but yeah. I, I know. Do you, do you think they should do a diff? They should start a new franchise, or do you reckon they should keep beating this Normandy? You know, I'd like to see a new IP from Bioware. That would be nice. And mm. finally, uh, some drama with Black Ops 2: Nuketown 2025, which was a pre-order incentive map, was uh, originally put into rotation, but then removed, but then put in again as a custom rotation, and I'm actually not too familiar with how the map rotation thing works, but because it's all uh, peer-to-peer hosting rather than dedicated servers, I'm guessing that the uh, developers control the multiplayer. Well, on the PC, it's it's uh, matchmaking that puts you into a Triarch-run dedicated server, so it's not all peer-to-peer, unless you're on the console. But, but as far as controlling the maps and rotations and settings... 
Well, they can't. They can uh, control the map rotations, but they also let you vote to go to either like the next map or just choose a random map. So yeah, they control it largely, but there right. is a bit of player choice. But so part. so the case was, I guess, that they removed it from the regular rotation, and you can only play it in custom games where you can't level up. Well, originally they had a uh, they had a separate playlist just for Nuketown 2025, where it was called Nuketown 24/7, where it was just always Nuketown and random game modes, and they just removed that entirely. And I believe it's now on a separate playlist called like Chaos Mosh Pit or something. That's right. Yeah. The concern was that people were upset that they couldn't, <laughs> couldn't play their favorite pre-order map. There was a lot of hurt 14-year-olds. Yes. In all of it. Who sent and, angry messages to them? Yes. But it was it was it was pre-order content, wasn't it? Well, yeah, for now, but it's going to be a, you know probably appearing in the first map pack. I'm betting. But do you think because it was so popular, it was kind of you know they put it as a pre-order bonus to make sure more people pre-ordered it then? Yeah, because I mean the thing is, like I mentioned, you'd have to have it in the Treyarch created map list, right? So yeah. pe- people can't really even play it uh, and, le- and rank up on that map unless Treyarch has it in their rotation, if yeah. I understand correctly. Yes. Yeah, so that's why people were upset. Man, gamers get that's... so angry these days. <laughs> and that's the only reason people play Nuketown, is because you can level up really quickly, because it's just a total shitstorm. Everyone running yeah, around, it's... killing each other. Yeah. That's the whole like a... uh, appeal. Like Battle of Normandy from both sides. <laughs> Major XP binge. Alright, well, I'm sure they'll get what they want. Yes, indeed. Alright, we're still in the uh, fall rush of reviews, so we've got a lot of articles that we've uh, published the past couple weeks. Check them out. We have reviews of uh, Medal of Honor Warfighter, which got a 73, uh, preview of Epimic 2, The Power of 2. Uh, review of Assassin's Creed 3, which got an 80. Uh, Tiny and Big got a 70. Football Manager 2013 got an 86. Lucius got a 68. Uh, we had an editorial about the Wii U, a new beginning. Check that out. We got a review of uh, Sports Champions 2, which got an 86. Uh, Wonderbook got a 76. And Black Ops 2 got a 78. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 which I have reviewed, uh, got an 80, and uh, it's you know a continuation of the series. Um, it does wrap up the story of Desmond and the modern world, per se, without going into spoilers. Uh, it's a poor ending, nonetheless. And the, the gameplay is probably at its best, which is kind of expected as the series continues. But at the same time, it can get quite repetitive, and the story doesn't really live up to potential. Uh, the setting is pretty good, the American Revolution, but uh, it's unfortunately never as cool as you see in the trailers. And, uh, yeah. So, interesting. So the ending, obviously, because there's been a, quite a bit of a, you know, hoopla with um, third games in their endings not living up to this, I don't know, imaginary standard of greatness that we expect. Because obviously it is very difficult when you build up so much and so much and all that intrigue to have it really pay off and tie up all those loose threads. So when you say it was disappointing, um, without spoiling it, can you 
articulate how it disappointed you? Well, I never felt that the Desmond storyline was any good in the first place. Right. And so and the ending is pretty much on par with that, I suppose. Um, it's just really quick. Uh, it's a bit of a mess. It's, uh, it really feels rushed. And, it, I mean, they leave so many threads untied for the right. next game. Um, oh, so it's the next game. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, like uh. I said, it only wraps up the Desmond and Company storyline. Uh, the characters that we know now, but in the next game they probably introduce new characters, uh, and the overall story with the gods and the, the things will probably carry on because oh, no. it, it leaves that... on a on a bit of a cliffhanger. So, God. and then well, the the story of uh, the new hero Connor is also really not that great, and it also has a quite a poor ending. And I don't know if he's going to be the guy to appear in the next game, just like Ezio was, but uh, let's just say hopefully it's not, because he's just not the, the type of character that can carry three games on his shoulders like Ezio did. He reminds me more of Altair compared to Ezio. He's, he seems like he's a pretty quiet protagonist. Well, yeah, and also, I mean, he's very polarizing, and he makes some decisions, and the way he reacts to things sometimes doesn't make much sense. He well, seems like... Or- He's being the one kind of pushed around by external forces rather than having his own personality and goal in mind. Right. So it's plot-driven rather than character-driven. Yeah, and because in it's a way. mostly weak plot at that, it just doesn't make for a good story anyway. Yeah. One thing I will say about the game that really surprised me and impressed me were the uh, naval battles. Those are a lot of fun. And they're actually quite difficult, too, can be, at least. I've only done two or three of them, but I've really enjoyed them so far. Yeah. And Tim is here, who did Black Ops 2. Yes, and it's a pretty decent entry into the franchise. I, I mean, it's kind of funny, because Call of Duty is... Everyone always points to it for being the root cause of the recent push of hyper-linear first-person shooters with no choice and no breathing room that are just all hyper-scripted. And Black mm-hmm. Ops 2 actually moves away from this a bit. It does have a good number of those ultra-scripted levels, but it also has a few that are a bit more open. Like, it has one sequence. It's absolutely outrageous, but you're riding around on a horse in a pretty open level, just trying to complete a few different objectives, firing RPGs at helicopters with one hand as you gallop around. <laughs> it's, it's just They've just totally embraced the ridiculousness of the series at this point, which is a good thing. And there's also a few points where you have to make a choice, that can lead lead you down alternate paths, and uh, which which gives you a little bit of incentive to replay it. But uh, it's it's just a bit more open than most of the Call of Duty games, and the story is pretty well told, and uh, it's actually a pretty enjoyable campaign. And they also added in these weird RTS-ish levels where you can kind of control a few units from like a isometric perspective and order them around. Or alternatively, you can control them individually. But these are let down by the AI, which is just terrible. If you, even if you order the AI around, they generally just stand around and get killed. It's, so those those uh, missions aren't fantastic. And the the multiplayer is pretty much par for the course with the series. It's better than Modern Warfare 3s, which basically forced you to sprint around in circles because of the way the maps were designed, but 
it's not going to blow your mind, but it's also pretty fun. It can be it can be fun just running around with a shotgun shooting people or whatever. So if you're a fan of Call of Duty, I'd recommend it. I agree with what you said. Uh, I think, well, the, the story, I was kind of hoping for a repeat of Black Ops 1, which was kind of crazy and good. This yeah. is it's probably not as good, uh, but yeah. So, wait, cause I remember them showing it to us, but I haven't had a chance to play it. So is it basically, you know, somebody controls technology, all these like armored uh, warfighter bots and everything, and you have to fight against it, but there's one person obviously behind it all. That's actually That's kind of, of later in the game that they're yeah. showing. Yeah. So is is there a general story like someone's been kidnapped or someone's been you know da da da? Well, there's like this main villain who has it takes place both in the future in the year 2025 and also in the 1980s, right after the events of the first Black Ops. And there's right. a villain who survived this entire time, and he kind of has personal ties to the guy you play as in the 1980s, and then that guy's son who you play as in the future, and you basically you're trying to kind of stop this guy during both time periods. Which right. some interesting characterizations. Yeah. Um, and how about the people on multiplayer? How have you found both of you, if you both played it? What do you mean? How like, are they as abusive as normal? Yeah, um, because <laughs> I, I, know, I, know, I know people bang on about it, but to be honest, I've never had anybody message me, or I've never had anybody swear at me. I've had people play annoying music, uh, people who are about 12, like, sing to themselves and talk to themselves. But <laughs> aside from that, I've, I've never been a target of abuse. Well, I don't think that's ever been, been as big a problem on the PC, which is the platform I played it on. I, I didn't really notice any kind of abuse at all. Except for people occasionally whining about the, uh, server lag, which I can sympathize <laughs> with, because yeah. sometimes the game, the matchmaking will put you into a server that is just laggy and puts you at a huge disadvantage. And okay. I also reviewed Wonderbook. Oh, I want to hear this. <laughs> uh, it's an inside joke between me and Pete. We called it the Wonderbook. I don't know Wonderbook. why. I don't know why it's in German, but that's what we did from E3. Um, yeah, Wunderkind. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, it's uh, it does what it's supposed to. It's kind of simplistic in its mechanics but it it works um if you got kids like uh we had some friends over um or they you know they have kids that i let them play it and they enjoyed had a good time did you get their sticky fingers on everything and then you have to you know <laughs> burn the pad what no i just locked him in a room and told him to play wonder book <laughs> no <laughs> and uh yeah so they were like they were not huge Harry Potter fans, but just it's general magic is the setting, so you don't necessarily have to be. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good in in the way that it creates the virtual reality space. Not many games do that, but Sony is still trying to push it, um, and so it it works. It, it doesn't cost any more, even though it comes with a huge book peripheral, um, and you do need PlayStation Move set uh, to play it, so you need the eye and the controller as well. Which is sold separately, all bundled together for seventy bucks, so it's not bad. And does uh, Wonderbook does it tell a story set in the Harry Potter verse? Yeah, that's right. So it goes through kind of becoming a wizard, and you learn some of the spells that you've heard from the books and the movies, and it's narrated and is written by J.K. Rowling, I think. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll wait for the new version of her new book then. 
a casual <laughs> vacancy and see how that Finally goes. a reason to get PlayStation Move. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've been waiting all this time. But the thing is, um, I remember people wanting things with Connect. People wanted to play, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Avatar. Unfortunately, like, yes. No, no, um, not the, not the um, Shyamalama Ding Dong one. The, uh, the uh, you know, the series that was on Nickelodeon. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it took me long enough to say no. Well, I thought but, you were talking to Tim, and I was like, no. Well, yeah, well, kind of, I didn't even know how to respond. Okay, and anyway, if you've seen the film, you know, there's the, obviously, movement with your hands and, and things like that to enact, you know, spells, and people, aside from games like that, would really like the connect to be utilised in that way. But as of yet, and with the eye, have we seen anything that's really, really making use of it, apart from just dance? I'm saying, is there anything that's come out for connect or the eye that has actually upped the game of what that peripheral can do? Um... Because I know they was Fable, but I haven't played the new one. Uh, good question. I mean, uh, just recently, I think uh, Dance Central 3 um, really emphasized how well Connect games can be done. We yeah. talked about it the last uh, podcast, I think. And for Move, well, similarly, um, Sports Champions 2 got a very positive review from us um, because of how well it incorporates what PlayStation Move can do. just I mean, the, the best thing you can do is just make everything as precise as possible, and that's kind of the only really way forward for those peripherals, right? I mean, you can't really do anything more creative than just having motion control, so the next step is just to make it as accurate as possible. Mm. Right? But, yeah, because uh, the homebrew market for that thing is actually... Um, Excel that's showing what it's possible of. But we haven't seen anything that, like a proper hardcore game for it, you know, aside from Fable to Journey. But yeah, again, well, they've tried. <laughs> they've tried. But uh, just, you can't make a hardcore game with motion controls. That's the thing, right? I'd like, well, that's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. And just out of morbid interest, um, you know the review for Football Manager 2013? Yes. Was, was that by a British, uh, one of the British reviewers? Or was that American? I think so. So you th- it was British? Why? Because I just can't imagine anyone else outside of Britain. Would be I, I played football it. Manager. I played Dude, I play FIFA Manager. Oh, you do, don't you? Because the thing, it was that, um, I remember people were testing it at Sega and it drew them in, drove them insane. But I suppose if you like the game, then you'll get something out of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm from it. I'm from Europe, so I'm I play it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Russia and Europe. I thought I thought it's its own thing. Or am I wrong? It's in. Okay, before we get into geography, let's move on. Let's move on. But is it? Some news around the industry. StarCraft 2, Heart of the Swarm, gets a release date, and pricing. Oh, right. oh so that's, there's a lot of stuff coming out in March 2013, then. Yeah. Like, Crisis and Dead Space and all kinds of shenanigans. Wait, isn't Company Viewers 2 coming out that month? Maybe. That could be bad for them. Maybe. Sorry, I'm a bit protective of, like, THQ and company peers in general. Like, they must succeed. They must not go under. Yeah, so StarCraft 2 coming out. Heart of the Swarm. March 2013. 
uh, 40 bucks, or if you want to get the collector's edition, it's like 60. Comes with a World of Warcraft pet and the usual Blizzard incentives. Mm-hmm. Promises new campaign, Starry Kerrigan, and yeah, all kinds of fun for StarCraft fans. And who's Kerrigan? The woman. Yes. Yeah, There's actually a story in StarCraft. Of course. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. It's terrible, a law quite Not terrible. I think when games are massive on multiplayer, you kind of, you know, put the main plot kind of takes a backseat. It's overshadowed by how big the multi the multiplayer scene is. So you, well, you sometimes I, I actually enjoy the uh, StarCraft campaigns more than the multiplayer. It's just too right. intimidating. <laughs> the multiplayer. <laughs> it's terrifying. I can't deal with it. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah. The Wii U. The Alex? Wii U. Launched last weekend. Dun dun dun. When you say North America, you mean Canada? No, North America. US as well. Yeah, that refers to the States as well. Yeah. Come on, oh, Pete. We, we already established your geography is screwy today. That's not. <laughs> oh, because I, it is honestly really bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not thick, but uh, my geography is really <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because, so. I know because I've heard. I've heard to America, I've heard America referred to as America, and I've heard Canada referred to as North America. No, never. I, North America that's is just wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to this. Well, I'm, I'm a go. geography major, Pete. I can uh, have any final word on this. <laughs> okay, so Don't, it's incorrect then. Don't talk to those people anymore. They don't know what to do. Okay, then. I'll stay away. So the Wii U launched in Canada and the United States last weekend. With uh, all kinds of excitement, I suppose. It well, yeah, I saw a lot of people queuing up. Yes. And uh, taking and stuff. And uh, it didn't take very long for the insanely overpriced units to appear on local classifieds in Canada. But the amusing thing is, it's uh, it's not really sold out. It doesn't have the same kind of crazy drive that the Wii did. Because you can go to yeah. a store right now and you can find a couple of them around. So I feel really sorry for uh, people that buy them on classifieds for twice the money. So don't do it, people, but it's probably, you know, the soccer moms and the parents looking for Christmas gifts and yeah. that. So unfortunately, they don't listen to this podcast, probably. But if you do... Rolling up to <laughs> but if you do, you probably should look around before you start buying it for 600 bucks. Yeah. What, what, what you can do is when your child opens it up on Christmas Day, right... What what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump in through the window and just sit there for about an hour just berating you and what a poor decision you've made <laughs> how much money you've wasted and then I'm gonna eat your turkey with a lot of gravy and stuff in uh, I don't know just probably kick the dog on the way out Does that sound like fair ret- retribution yeah I think th- I don't think anyone's gonna be uh, picking up those overpriced we use now Pete thanks for that <laughs> wait so it's um three hundred and forty nine uh, for the black for the deluxe yeah. Uh, well, it was always, you know, when they say the base price, you always know there's going to be, you know, the super extra deluxe set, and those people are going to buy that. You know, it was, uh, I guess, you know, Xbox, Xbox Lite. Um, I think that was kind of, was that the first time that really came into play, where there was different consoles with different needs? I think. Well, it's it's it goes back to the size of the hard drive, usually, and also yeah. including a controller. And a game, or in this case, you get a bigger hard drive and a stand. 
Ooh, I want that stamp. <laughs> That's made for ten pence. They're probably less than that in some Chinese factory. Probably. Uh, but I remember, as I was going to say, uh, queuing up. I queued up for the Xbox 360. Um, I had to get up at like five o'clock in the morning to get it. I'd never do it again. I'd never queue up for any kind of console or any game again. I don't think. Cause, to be honest, it's it's just not worth it. I think I, I queued up for the Wii, and that wasn't a, that wasn't at lunch. That was like um, maybe a year after it released. But it was still kind of it was just starting to pick up that craziness demand because it didn't mm. it didn't launch to the insane uh, expectations. It took it a while to kind of get rolling with a casual audience. You think that's going to happen with the Wii U? I, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so I queued up for the Wii after a year. It released at 5 a.m. Uh, inside of a store. Because nice. I got the lowdown that they're going to get like 10 units or whatever. Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> they're going to get that 10 Wii's in. Yeah. And uh, I played it for a bit. And then I realized I missed my mistake. So. Yeah. Did, did you feel buyer's remorse after plugging the... You know, well, I felt <laughs> actually I felt family remorse because I realized my family is not the one you see on TV that's gonna crowd around and play this yeah. wonderful thing. <laughs> so I kind of felt disappointed in my family as well. <laughs> so nice. uh, ended up playing it for a bit myself, all alone, oh. all alone, and then I mean, I, <laughs> just I, just you like on, on Wii tennis or on Wii hula hoop <laughs> at the beach. No, I, I, you know, I did get them to play it for a bit, but they didn't really pick up on it. So that's that's the thing that I noticed is my parents got one, and my auntie's got one, and it's kind of you know you un- unbox it, you break out the Wii Sports, you know, oh, you know, tennis is great. Oh, look, I can play baseball. Then the next day comes by and it's you know play it for a bit, and then it just gradually goes down, and you realize you've spent two hundred quid on something you've invested less than four hours actually playing. <laughs> It's is, like a, is a pool table or a ping pong table or something for the yeah, kids. Yeah, it's great. Great at the time. You know, and then it just fades, which is a, it's a shame, but, you know, I- Iwamoto. <laughs> I forgot his name. <laughs> anyway, Nintendo Rich. Yeah, well, uh, and, we'll have some Wii U games reviewed coming up here in a bit. Um, obviously, having the console is a challenge, and... Uh, the right staff to play it, who understand it. <laughs> the right staff. Yeah, well, because not everybody is able to pick up and, I don't know, get Mario and compare it to the latest Mario game. So, you, so we need, because we didn't cover the Wii, we had to find, you know, some staff that are familiar with Nintendo and their products and they're able to make their judgment. Yeah. So we'll have some of those coming up in the future. Oh, I want to, I want to see what the Wii U can do. For me and you. Ah, very yeah? good. Very good. <laughs> Wordsmith. Poet. Alright, okay. So, we were talking about the armor developers who were have spent 70 days in jail and are still awaiting trial. Um, they're in a Greek military installation and they're facing up to 20 years. <clears throat> kind of depressing and scary. Really? In jail. It, to do with uh, a photographs of an airport, I think, and they thought they were spies. Uh, spies, yeah. Which yeah. is it's it's happened before, but not obviously with game developers, but with other people um, who have been around airports and other kind of military installations taking photographs. And it's taken like the uh, respective diplomatic communities to 
step in and get them out, but it seems like it's a bit of an overreaction. And it's, you know, quite crazy, especially to hit in a gaming industry where that's not really associated. But Apparently it's not too crazy for Greece, specifically, who've done that before. Yes. And I think the latest development is that the presidential office of Czech Republic, I guess where the developers are from, has officially mm-hmm. contacted them, the Greece government, and asked them for release or clarification. Yeah. And they'll say, we'll just sort out this debt crisis, and then it's on the top of our... <laughs> yeah, we'll just get one trillion, however, euros back. And we'll be hey, right. they could ask them to buy them out. There you go. It's a hostage situation, <laughs> almost. Yeah. 500 billion billion each, or how much is a trillion? Yeah, why not, eh? Or Post just, bail. Yeah, or they can, you know, make the profits on the arm it takes into, uh, into their Grecian coffers. Or just a free copy for every game for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'll sort it out, Greece. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, but just a bit of, you know, kind of sad news to kind of even out it. All this joy we've been having with the Wii U. <laughs> you know, go have a bit of bad to appreciate the good. And more good news. We're talking yeah. about Black Ops 2. Making $500 million in 24 hours. It's Although bit... I hear, after the first week, they're actually 20% down from the sales of Modern Warfare 3. Yeah, that's right. Talk about never, never seen the bright side or something. <laughs> yeah, jeez, <laughs> oh, Tim. Good. <laughs> I, think, I think Skyrim's development budget was around the $100 million mark, which seems mental for a video game. But again, when you compare it to a movie, which usually is about six to seven months, and a game takes a good long portion of that and obviously games keep making money as well long after movies too movies should start releasing extra DLC scenes oh my god can you imagine that oh don't give my ideas Alex (laughs) extra characterization yeah you know every time somebody goes off screen you can buy a DLC to see what they did in that time (laughs) when have you streamed to your little iPhone or whatever yeah uh, oh, it, it, it streams to your Microsoft tablet while you're watching the show. Yes. Oh, you can do the thing with the Wii where you kind of like, you know, yeah. shift from one screen to the next. Se- second Wii U screen. Exactly. Awesome. So, yeah, it made a, a crazy amount of money. Is it? But has it smashed the mark for, like, the fastest selling uh, game? Has it done that yet? I don't believe still? so. No, I think it's still Modern Warfare 3 that has that record. But aside from that, yeah, um, I still haven't bought it, and I don't plan to buy it any time soon. But I know that's just me. I don't, you know, I, I never got too much into the multiplayer. But I knew people who'd, um, I don't know if I said it before, but a guy used to come home from work. Okay. He used to play Call of Duty from like 5 until 12 o'clock. That's the only game he ever played. Wow. And he was on, online, and he was just getting angrier and angrier. As yeah, I, I get angry playing it for like half an hour and I have to stop. <laughs> yeah. You guys got rage problems? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is I used to get angry as a kid. You know, fair, fair play to younger Pete. Uh, but no, not so much now. Maybe because I haven't played it long enough. I want to talk to this younger Pete. I was a douche. And <laughs> <laughs> Uh... You know, uh, just so many problems, so uh, so much angst. You know, the world, world's out to get him. You know, when you don't have nobody or no one, and that's uh-huh. all you like. 
He just needed somebody, like, you know, repeat. Yeah, he just needed, like, his goodwill hunting moment where somebody just, you know, hugs me and kind of break down. <laughs> Stay away for it, All right, moving on. Some stuff to talk about in our Rumors, Others, Coolness, Rants, Extra section. The name just gets long every time. I know it does. The Mirror's Edge 2 is potentially in development, says... That's what the tweet says. Sorry? That's what the tweet says. Yeah, well, the tweet is coming from a guy who no longer works at the studio, so I suppose that's why he can reveal it versus an official mm-hmm. announcement. And, and good news. Do we have any Mirror's Edge fans? I I enjoyed it for sure. And I thought it was yes, okay. It was, it was awesome. A little bit too much trial and error for me, flinging yourself off a off a ledge just to find out that you were actually supposed to fling yourself in the other direction. <laughs> isn't, isn't that a good thing though? Don't we want the you know? Don't we get bored of people guiding us with little dots exactly where to go? Yes and no. I mean, I feel they could have done a better job with letting you know where you were supposed to go. But mm-hmm. that being said, the movement mechanics were pretty awesome. You hear that world? Tim wants more linear games. Yeah. Not necessarily. Right. Even even in a free running game. <laughs> just just sprint down a corridor, Tim. Just do it. I'm gonna make it and I'm gonna sell millions. Just you watch. <laughs> make it Corridor sell. Sprinter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who was it originally developed by now, Mirror's Edge? Dice. Dice. So, oh oh, what if it's next gen? The first yeah. game already looked really, really good, so if they make it with Frostbite 2, it could look stupendous. Yeah. Because they were rendering walls <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, those walls. Those and walls you think are so amazing. Be good for Connect? <laughs> oh, please not. Good goodness, don't. <laughs> now you're giving them ideas. Yeah, that'd be fun. No, that would be pretty funny to see uh, videos of. But the thing is, do people, when they make a Kinect game where there's a possibility of, like, injuring yourself, do they, does the game have to be a disclaimer? Or by purchasing the well, game... Well, of course, no, no, this, every suit. time you start up Connect in a game, it, it tells you... Don't be an idiot. Yep. They can same. sell Connect like headgear and Connect like... Pads. Oh, my God. It's a whole new business for Microsoft. <laughs> can we just get, like, a Connect padded room or something where I can throw myself at the walls and stuff? Yeah, those exist. Yeah, and in, in insane asylums, don't they? Have you, have you ever played, um, oh, what was it called? Uh, Star Ocean. No. No. On PS2. Well, basically, they had, like, a whole Kinect thing in there, but um, people would pay to go into these, like, virtual reality rooms, um, where it, it was, like, a padded cell, and basically, it kind of, uh, you know, transformed into, like, a kind of a Warcraft environment, like, you know, an MMO, where you could run about and stuff. Would you be interested in that? No. No. Do you want? Do you want to sit down, Alex, when you play? Yeah. And do you want a pad in your hand? Yeah. Yeah. The only place where I can see motion technology being cool is in the Minority Report situation, where you're not actually playing oh. games. You're trying to get the something done. System. Like, like you know, you, you walk into your kitchen at home. And you press a thing on the fridge, and the fridge starts, I don't know, making your dinner or something. And then you wait, you, you wait, you wait. <laughs> I don't wait, know. What does that have to do with Kinect? Well, no, I'm talking about motion technology in general, not just gaming. Oh, I see. 
Yeah. That's what I mean. For gaming, I I do need to not be looking like a crazy person. Okay. Self-conscious. Unless unless, unless it's a dance game, which is the only way you should be moving around. (laughs) The only only acceptable way. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. You know, I think think Sony does some of the motion control stuff uh, good in that way, because things like Wonderbook, you can just sit down with a book in front of you and play it just waving your arm around, right? That's fine. You don't have to be jumping and, and, and pretending to sprint and playing, you know, sports and stuff. But would you like a workout? You, you really want to feel like you've played a game. I think those there's a market for that, but just, you know... He's not part of it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it, it would, would be cool, but I think it'd have to be... It's, it's difficult enough trying to do, like, um, trying to exercise in a small light room, especially in all the different environments. We don't all have the uh, giant living quarters like they do in, um, you know, all those sexy and sleek Xbox adverts, those PS3, where we live in a converted loft flat, <laughs> wherever, you know, in the center of sunny land. But no, uh, it would be cool. I'd be into that. Yeah. Um... Grand Theft Auto V, we talked about it last episode. Yeah, yeah. There were some new screens and stuff released. Was there was there? a trailer, wasn't there, in the last two weeks? Trailer 2 as I well. think we talked about it, did we not? I oh, did don't you talk think about so. Oh. Well, yes, there was a trailer number 2. And you know what's scary? And this is kind of off topic, but this is the second trailer. The first one was in November 2011. Mm. That scared the hell out of me. I can't believe it's been a year since that trailer came out. <laughs> I seriously I, cannot believe that. I kind of like that they're not revealing just too much about the game. It leaves something to the imagination. That's well, it, usually sorry, on God. par with uh, it's usually on par with how Rockstar promotes their games. Yeah. I kind of yeah. like that better than like BioWare or, or Ubisoft to have like a trailer for each individual character in the game. Yeah, that's right. That kind of thing. It kind of kills some of the intrigue. Yeah, because I think what was good with GTA um, has been that they release screenshots or trailers and the audience will pick it apart and find references and things that they put in there. So it feels like um, you have to do a bit more detective work with Rockstar stuff, which, you know, then builds up the intrigue and then feels like its audiences accomplish something. Kind of like, you know, the... Uh, the promotional stuff they do for movies as well. It kind of feels like it's actually you're creating the event yourself rather than, you know, a trailer's just being given to you kind of thing. That's right. So a second trailer features all three new characters, which is the new announcement. That's what we talked about. We talked about the fact that it has three playable characters in the last episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so... Now we've actually seen the trailer. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. I thought it was a pretty good trailer. (laughs) It made me laugh. They are, they are good at that, though, aren't they, Rockstar? Next up, we have Kickstarter and developers using it, and it's becoming a bit of a cliche, I guess, now. Well, I think what um, the gripe of the article, the editorial was, is that when you have a big hitter coming in to fund their Kickstarter project, it kind of takes the spotlight from those indie struggling developers who don't come with that uh, cachet of notoriety or fame and it's easier for say as the article said about Peter Molyneux's uh, new project 
it'd certainly be easy for him to get exposure and funding than it would for a smaller company uh, or an individual project. We've talked about it about Kickstarter extensively uh, previously, I but I guess what we talked about was um, that it was the way going forward, where big developers or publishers couldn't yeah. touch this because it's public funded, so the people decide. But now, um, I guess the problem is, what if these big companies move in and decide to crowdfund their stuff? And they're once again squeezing out little guys, even on the public open fund funding, which is kind of yeah. interesting. It, it kind of it because it, when I think of Kickstarter and Indiegogo, it's kind of like the place where you go, where the kind of mainstream is has is not an option or has been cut off or has provided no rewards. But then, if like if you have these big people go into it off the bat. Then it does. I wouldn't say it's so much of it as a cheat, but it's certainly it perhaps may be easier to get your funding than go through the rigmarole of bureaucracy of a, a studio game, and you may be given a lot more freedom in it, especially if it's people giving the money. Well, maybe then the big publishers will have to pick up the indie guys, because hmm. <laughs> what a twist! Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting platform and I think it's still had some intriguing developments especially with people suing and people not making good on promises it's it's quite volatile and it's still in it's kind of formative stages I think yeah and uh, next we have a rumor about uh, well I guess Pete can introduce it well, it's a Xbox 720 rumor, which went down in, I think, Xbox, one of the Xbox magazine's uh, last publications. Uh, oh, it uses its penultimate edition. Oh, right. Work. Xbox yeah. World, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to say, well, it was kind of speculating about the augmented reality, directional sound, four-player four finger tracking on Kinect. Um, which it says were later confirmed in the infamous planning document I think we, we spoke about uh, a while ago, didn't we? Yeah. I think we touched on it. So yeah, it's kind of that and we've got you know a black monolith thing. <laughs> looks, like a, looks like a hard drive. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> like a kind of SATA thing. It's, it's, it is speculation. I mean, if they really had a scoop like that, that would sell magazines like crazy, right? Yeah, so it's just scoop. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I think it's, you know, it's nothing major, I think, saying, you know, augmented reality is a possibility. I'm not really sure quite how it would work, uh, to be honest. Wouldn't you need some kind of device on you? Or some peripheral? I thought Valve was working on something like that, and that it was kind of like a really sketchy uh, technology that needs a lot of development still. I'd be surprised if it's in the next Xbox. It'd be, it'd be like a Google Glass kind of periphery, wouldn't it? Or yeah, I think so. Like You'd have to pop on a pair of Xbox specs that would somehow interact with your environment. I don't know, maybe that's how it worked. Wasn't it, um, didn't we talk about the Kickstarter... 3D glasses, and um, not 3D glasses, was it? Yeah, we mentioned it. Virtual reality glasses? Yeah. So it'd, it'd have to be like that as a peripheral, yeah. so you could look around. Again, you'd be falling over coffee tables, like dogs, <laughs> and pouch, I imagine. Uh, 
punching so, furniture, trying to stab your uh, your kitchen yeah. counter. You know, a swift left hook to my mother's jaw as she comes in with the ears. Take that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, unless we're going to be, you know, jacked up like in a... I don't know if you've ever seen Johnny Mnemonic, where he's got, like, the hand visors on, the goggles, and it sends, like, uh, impulses and signals through him, like shocks and things. But, uh, yeah, I still, I still think it feels like we're going to be moving possibly to cloud-based thing at some point in the future. I think. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. And can we, it is. You know, untapped hive of, you know, unexpected realities. I think we're fine. There you go. Question's kind of weak considering it's not Thanksgiving for any of us. But I thought just, it has, just pretend, darn it. I thought it has been Thanksgiving in America, and there's a lot of kind of like, um, you know, stuff about it. I don't know. I it's, just thought it's, it's Thanksgiving in America, and therefore the rest of the world. Yeah. It, so technically, you know, to my geographical knowledge, that <laughs> America. So you know, what I mean? uh, no, and then you know, whatever you like. I'm not sure if anybody's ideas. Please, uh, please add them. What kind of games do you prefer to play? On the cold evening in November, twenty first or second. What we did last week, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> or I guess, what's the best gaming deal that you've ever got at a store? At, at a store? Well, I've had some pretty ridiculous deals online. Like a few weeks ago, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with Thanksgiving. But a few weeks ago, I there's a Square Enix deal on Amazon where I got like. Deus Ex Human Revolution, Just Cause 2, uh, and like eight or nine games for $10, even though I only wanted Quantum Conundrum and Supreme Commander 2. So it was still cheaper than buying those games separately to get this this package of like eight games. So I think that's probably the best deal I've ever got. I've had some good deals in the store. Um, usually... On games, obviously. What else do we shop for, really? (laughs) (laughs) Underwear. I had a brilliant deal on underwear. (laughs) I don't quite recall. Oh, yeah, you know what? Um, This was way back in the day, a lot of years ago. But I got a couple of games, and this was back when I was uh, still in the business of picking up random games I've never heard of, which I don't do anymore. (laughs) But... You know, I, I would walk into a store on a Saturday night, and I'm like, well, what, what game do you want to play? And, I, you know, I picked up some bad ones, but I picked up some really awesome ones. Um, like, I picked up, uh, you know, Dreamfall and Dreamfall, uh, the second game, for like 10 bucks. Mm. And, you know, games I'd never heard of before, but I figured, well, this looks interesting, and they turned out to be like some amazing, amazing games. And then also, obviously, some not-so-good ones, like... Um, the Reservoir Dogs was also oh, ten. We we like high when you were walked into the shop. <laughs> no, I just saw oh, yeah. a game for ten dollars on the sale, and I was like, "Well, what the heck? Why not?" And uh, yeah, and those those were the days, man. The intrigue. Nowadays, I walk in, and I'm like, "Well, played it, played it, played it. Don't want to play it, played it, played <laughs> it." So, yeah. Uh, what kind of deals are in the UK for games? You get well. For, 
you've got like your game stores and your game stops, but the way you usually get better deals is uh, a place called Computer Exchange, which is called CEX in Britain, uh, where you can find a lot of old Xbox games, PS2 games, PS games if you're lucky. And it, basically, it's kind of like you know looking through a thrift store or something. Um, you can occasionally find the good deal or there's awfully rare things. I remember Rogue Galaxy is quite rare, and that was uh, also quite expensive, so I'll take that off the list. But I bought like um, a game called The Bouncer, which was a PS the Square Enix, uh, released on PS2, one of the first few games that were out there. Um, I got that for a quid, which I thought, you know, treat myself to. I got that. Um, also, um, bang for book, I'd say I got the Uncharted trilogy, which was well worth the money I paid for it. I think out of just uh, time put in, right? And and um, um, like really kind of old games. I remember buying like Legacy of Cain uh, <laughs> and a game a game called Ninja um, as well. That was that was uh, IDOS back in the day. Uh, but the, and I've bought stuff like Neverwinter Nights two when it was on offer with uh, the expansion packs and everything. Uh, but but sometimes when I see the bundles on Steam, I'm like too hesitant because I think you know if I'm going to get all of them, when am I going to play them all? Usually yeah. I keep. But if, if I find a deal, then I'll get the game and I'll I'll hammer it until I've until I've completed it. Cause I've, you know, if I've made the effort to go and buy it. Well, you should enjoy it, not just hammer the poor thing. It's, sometimes I feel like I have to. I have to rinse it completely to get it kind of out of my system. <laughs> You know, that, that's, that's why I usually deal with games. But yeah, because when I was a kid, it was kind of like you got one game, like say a, a month, if that, you know. Yeah. And then you would play it over and over and over again. You complete it and complete it. And now, I'll, I'll get like you know, it can even be like a game a week. I play a bit, and then it just kind of like it goes off somewhere. And I'm thinking, you know, you spent forty quid, you know, sixty dollars on something, and you're you're playing a couple of hours of it, you know. You know, that's that's what I don't regret about young Peter. So do you... <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> would you, uh, If you had a chance, would you tell the young Peter to get those games uh, in the thrift store? What if they turn out to be like eBay treasures? Uh, I have some I have some games that would be like worth a bit. Because I remember buying the whole Final Fantasy. Um, not whole Final Fantasy, but about Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9. Uh, back ages ago, and this was before the kind of price jumped, because now you look for, and Metal Gear as well, you know, it's like they'll sell them for 30 quid new, but back then, I managed to get them, like, singularly for about, you know, a tenner. And, um, yeah, tell Peter, you know, just take them one day at a time. Make make sure you get your money's worth. (laughs) And, you know, bring that spirit with you when you're, you know, on... Because it started on PS2 when I started to get them, like, not playing very much. And then it kind of went on to PS3, and I'm literally in my room, and there's stacks of games. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I, there's only a handful I've completed. And, you know, I've still got the saves on, like, my PS2 memory cards from it. You no, know, young young Peter is hovering above somewhere, giving me, you know, a displeased look. <laughs> so he's dead, is he now? There's the Peter Ingham introspective for the episode. Yeah, there's like pictures of me hanging everywhere, and they're all kind of, you know, glaring at me. I put googly (laughs) eyes on them, so they'll stop judging me. Uh, Some redecoration, eh? Yeah, it's a constant battle, though, with uh, the inner self. Nice. Apart from that, you know, everything's going fine. 
Yeah, you're uh, have fun on your trip. Okay. We look forward to your return to Canadian lands. Yes, I, think, uh, I don't know what I can bring that's particularly British. Maybe a crumpet. Yeah, yeah. Mail it to I'd... me and Tim. I'll send you a Cornish pasty or a meat potato pie. Oh, dude, do do it. Yeah, I'll probably take the decontamination spray. I was going to say I'll even pay for shipping, but it's shipping of a meat pie. So I'll send you the raw ingredients. <laughs> Yay! Some puff pastry, you know, a bit of a uh, bit of beef stew. Send the recipe. Uh, salt, pepper, make make gravy, bisto. I don't know. I was in there. Good stuff. And that is your recipe of the day. Yeah, I know. You can check out the full recipe on New Game Network, and you'll be <laughs> YouTube of me cooking the pie myself. Join along, and please leave your comments. We totally should do that. <laughs> I, I can make a New Game Network cake or something. Peter in an apron. Yeah, well, I was cooking today and it went rather well. Made some flapjacks, made some cheesecake, made a oh, stir. Where did you go, man? It's firing on all cylinders. <laughs> oh, good though. So, delicious. Excellent. Now that you've made everybody hungry, hopefully yep. you're listening to this and the food is around. It's lunchtime, maybe it's breakfast, maybe it's dinner. If it's midnight, midnight snacks are good too. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. From Alex, it's goodbye. And from Tim and Peter, it's goodbye too. Goodbye. Au revoir. Please remember to visit www.newgamenetwork.com for the latest and greatest video game news and reviews.